Episode 46. Stand by me. Contact. American Beauty. So give me what, what do you have that's weird. I got a bunch of I'm very annoyed today. Oh, then maybe I should just step back and let you roll with it. Do you want a yeah. pet peeve of the day just to kick it off or It's not a peeve. You're just you're just annoyed. Uh, maybe I come up with a peeve later. Uh, you're just annoyed in general. Okay. Well, what are you so annoyed about? My friend, this, uh, you know, as you know, as you and the listeners all know, we're not big fans of Taylor Swift and her. <laughs> oh God! Do we have to do? Do we have to do Taylor Swift today? I want you to play Warren Sapp, but let me set it up first. I'm listening to Inside the. Now, why do I have? Why am I being assaulted? Tormented, tormented. No, uh, no, no, no. I'm being assaulted by crap like this. The father above that Taylor Swift was my daughter because I would have came upon that stage and put my hands on you, young fella. You don't do that. You don't do that. That was this young lady's time, her award. You get these hands put on you if that was my little girl. And the president was right. Oh, he's definitely a jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Safe to say, from start to finish, Warren Sapp was fired up about that one. Yeah, that's it. All right, that's it from us. Thank you for watching. Be well, everyone, and we'll (laughs) see. All right, right, John, unleash. Unleash. Go for it. Okay, so this is starting to show up. I found out about this when my uh, stepson sent me a note. And then it's starting to show up on blogs around the country. Uh, of course, it's not showing up in the mainstream media except in terms of what you just heard. Uh, and Obama obviously dropping a couple of interesting comments. Taylor Swift and Kanye West have the exact same agent. Oh, yeah. Well, th- 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 And it turns out if you start reading around enough, this agent who happens to be the president. And how, tell me how you get this guy for your agent. The president of William Morris. Yeah. Th- thank uh, you, Taylor Swift's dad. Yeah. He had already set up a scam publicity stunt like this with Kanye West again and 50 Cent some time ago when their album sales were going oh, down. Dude, but he, he does this all the time. Kanye did it during the American Music Awards, and he, uh, he was slamming Vince Gill. This is, and then, but notice, notice, because remember what I said on the last show, is that uh, Kanye West is uh, likely an MK Ultra subject in mind control. <laughs> yeah, I know you said but this. Look okay. at, but you'll pay attention now. When you see him, whenever he's apologizing about doing one of these things, he starts like rubbing his head, and it's like like it really, really hurts. And he, you know, and he'll move his cap up, and then he's like, uh, and he starts rubbing his forehead because it hurts because he knows that it, it, you know his subconscious knows that it's wrong what he's doing, but they yeah. flip the switch somewhere and then and he just has to go for it <laughs> well of course the, the, <laughs> watch you watch him. hi welcome to episode 46 of joe won't darts podcast my intro was from episode 132 of no agenda this episode i'll talk about three of my favorite movies stand by me a coming of age flick contact starring jodie foster and centered around aliens and American Beauty, which is like a grown-up Ferris Bueller's Day Off. First, stand by me. Here's the trailer. In all our lives, there's a fall from innocence, a time after which we are never the same. It happened in the summer of 1959, a long time ago. Oh, man! Where do you hear this? Where do you hear this? What is it, man? You guys want to go see a dead body? When the night... 
and the land is dark. We interrupt to bring you an update on the search for the missing 12-year-old Ray Brower. Kid's gone. They're never going to find him. Now we're there looking. And the moon is the only light we'll see. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. We're going to be famous. We're going to be on every radio and TV show in the country. I still don't think we should go. If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. No question about it. I like to go someplace where nobody knows me. We found him. We got dibs. Oh, we better start running, eyeball. They got dibs. <laughs> There's four of us, eyeball. We just make your move. You're dead. For some, it's the last real taste of innocence. You're never gonna get out of this town now, my Gory. You can do anything you want, man. And the first real taste of life. This is really a good time. The most a blast. But for everyone, it's the time that memories are made of. So darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Oh, stand. Stand by me. Stand by me. Stand By Me is a movie a lot of people will have seen before and forgotten about. It's truly a classic. The movie, based on a Stephen King book, came out in 1986. It has a lot of fairly well-known scenes. The young boys walking along train tracks for most of the movie is quite memorable. I'll read from the Wikipedia summary. The film is narrated by an adult Gordy Lachance, known as the writer, writing the memoirs of his youth. Set in the fictional town of Castle Rock, Oregon, over Labor Day weekend in September 1959, Gordy and his friends Chris Chambers and Teddy Duchamp learn from their friend Vern that the dead body of a boy named Ray Brower, who was struck by a train while picking blueberries in the woods, has not been found. While under his porch, looking for his buried jar of pennies, Vern overheard his older brother talking about finding the body while in the woods with a friend. The boys then embark upon a two-day journey across the woodlands near Castle Rock to see and find the body in hopes that the discovery will make them all famous. Each boy is a physical and or emotional burden. Gordy is a quiet, bookish boy with a penchant for telling stories and writing, rejected by his father following the death of his football star older brother Denny in a jeep accident. Chris is from a family of criminals and alcoholics, and despite his intelligence and desire to break the generational curse, he is usually stereotyped accordingly. Teddy is an eccentric and physically deformed after his mentally unstable father, whom Teddy sees as a war hero who stormed the beach at Normandy, held his ear to a stove and nearly burned it off, thus forcing him to wear a hearing aid. Vern, overweight and timid, is easily scared and thus often picked on. Through the boys' misadventures and conversations, the viewer learns about each character's personality. Each of the boys, for varying reasons, lives in the shadow of their fathers and older brothers. Gordy's talent for storytelling pegs him as the most likely of the four to have a promising future. Here's a clip of Gordy telling a story. 
Hey, Gordo, why don't you tell us a story? Uh, I don't know. Oh, come on. Yeah, come on, Gordo. But not one of your horror stories, okay? I don't want to hear no horror stories. I'm not up for that, man. Why don't you tell us one about Sergeant Steele and his babbling leathernecks? Well, the one I've been thinking about is kind of different. It's about this python contest. And the main guy of the story is this fat kid that nobody likes named Davy Hogan. He's like Charlie Hogan's brother, if he had one. Good, Vern. Go on, Gordy. Well, this kid, he's our age, but he's fat. Real fat. He weighs close to 180, but, you know, it's not his fault. It's his glands. Oh, yeah, my cousin's like that. Sincerely. She weighs over 300 pounds. Supposed to be a high boy gland or something. Well, I don't know about any high boy gland, but what a blimp. No shit. She looks like a Thanksgiving turkey. And you know this one time? Will you shut up, Vern? Yeah, yeah, right. Go on, Gordy. It's a small story. Well, all the kids, instead of calling him Davy, they call him Lardass. Lardass Hogan. Even his little brother and sister call him Lardass. A at school, they put this sticker on his back that says, Wide Load. And they rank him out and beat him up whenever they get a chance. But one day he gets an idea. The greatest revenge idea a kid ever had. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? Now, the next contestant in the great Tri-County Pie Eat, Principal John Wiggins. And our celebrity contestant from KLIM in Portland, the boss man himself, Bob Cornell. Hey, from the racks and stacks, it's the best on wax. How about another double golden only twin spin sound sandwich from KLAM in Portland? It's Bob! <laughs> a newcomer to the fight, but one we expect great things from in the future, young master David Hogan. Are you all right, young man? Hey, Lardass, how was your trip? I hear you got a big appetite, Lardass. Don't even think about winning this. Boy, are you fat. Don't pay any attention to those fools, Lardass. <laughs> Just Davey. <laughs> boom, baba, boom, baba. And now, the one you've all been waiting for, the four-time champion, our own Bill Travis. Listen, I got ten riding on you myself, Billy boy. All right, are you ready? Hands behind your backs, gentlemen. Drum roll. Hey, Lardass. Chow down, wide load. <laughs> Go!
Pace yourself if you want to hold out, boy. The audience didn't know was that Lardass wasn't really interested in winning. What he wanted was revenge. And right before he was introduced, he'd gotten ready for it. Principal John Wiggins. And our celebrity contestant from KLAM in Portland, the boss man himself. Bob hey, from the Racks and Stacks, it's the best on wax. How about another double gold only twin spin? Down sandwich from K L A M in Portland. It's done. Diving into his fifth pie, Lardass began to imagine that he wasn't eating pies. He pretended he was eating cow flops and rat guts and blueberry sauce. Done. Slowly, a sound started to build in Lardass' stomach. A strange and scary sound, like a log truck coming at you at a hundred miles an hour. Suddenly, Lardass opened his mouth. Before Bill Travis knew it, he was covered with five pies worth of used blueberries. The women in the audience screamed. Boss man Bob Cormier took one look at Bill Travis and barfed on Principal Wiggins. Principal Wiggins barfed on the lumberjack that was sitting next to him. Mayor Grundy barfed on his wife's tits. But when the smell hit the crowd, that's when Lardass' plan really started to work. Girlfriends barfed on boyfriends. Kids barfed on their parents. A fat lady barfed in her purse. The Donnelly twins barfed on each other. And the women's auxiliary barfed all over the benevolent order of antelopes. And Lardass just sat back and enjoyed what he'd created. A complete and total barforama. Stand By Me is a great movie. It's been mentioned in pop culture a few times, such as the scenes of the adult writer reminiscing about his childhood friends. By the end of the movie, we hear him mention how he moved away from his friends and the terrible fates that awaited each of them. It's terribly sad to hear how they all end up. The next movie is Contact, about finding a radio signal from outer space. Contact came out in 1997. Jodie Foster's character has been into radio all her life, and now she works with radio telescopes, listening to signals from outer space. Eventually, she and her team manage to decode one such signal and find out it has information inside, instructing them to build a machine. Here is the contact trailer. of an unidentified 
classified radio source from deep space can neither be confirmed nor denied. Whatever it is, it ain't local. Position? I checked into barometry somewhere in Lyra, I think. Uh, Vega? Can't be. It's only 26 light years away. I want all these people out of here. You're having sent this announcement all over the world may well constitute a breach of national security. Oh, this isn't a person-to-person -person call. This may be an announcement to get our attention. The president's called an emergency meeting. You know those interlaced frames that we thought were noise? This says structure. I'm going to recommend to the president that we militarize this project immediately. There's no reason to believe that their, their intentions are hostile. There's no proof of that. Why don't they just speak English? Mathematics is the only truly universal language center buried within the message itself is the key to decoding it those look like engineering schematics almost like blueprints it is our belief that the message contains instructions for building some kind of machine a machine it might turn out to be some kind of a transport transport the fact is you don't know what it does it could be anything nobody's saying this is dangerous they're gonna build it who gets to go though? it's complicated Ellie. who gets to go by doing this, you're willing to risk your life. You're willing to give your life and die for this. Why? Something interesting to remember about the movie, the machines to teleport the people through time and space are actually quite cheap by today's standards. They were less than the US auto bailouts, for example. A machine or two to teleport us through space to meet aliens, and they ended up costing less than keeping American cars around. This is unrelated to the cost of the machine, but here is a clip of Jodie Foster asking for more funding. This is a unique time in our history, in the history of any civilization. It's uh, the moment of the acquisition of technology. That's the moment where contact becomes possible. The very large array in New Mexico is the key to our chances for success. With its 27 linked radio telescopes, we can search more accurately than at any other conventional facility. Now, we've already gotten the preliminary approval to buy the telescope time from the government. Now all uh, we really need is the money. A nice presentation, Doctor. But while our foundation arm does have a mandate to support experimental programs, we must confess that your proposal seems less like science and more like science fiction. Science fiction. Ah, oh, you're right. It's, it's crazy. In fact, it's even worse than that. Nuts. Want to hear something really nutty? I heard of a couple guys that want to build something called an airplane. You know, you get people to go in it and then fly around like birds. It's ridiculous, right? Or what about, what about uh, breaking the sound barrier? Or uh, rockets to the moon? Or atomic energy? Or a mission to Mars? Science fiction, right? Look, all I'm asking is, is for you to just have the tiniest bit of vision. You know, to, to step back for one minute and look at the big picture. To take a chance on something that might end up being the most profoundly impactful moment for humanity, for, for the history of history. I'm sorry, I just... I just spent the last 13 months coming into rooms like this and talking to people like you, and uh, the truth is, you're my last chance, so... I'm sorry I wasted your time. Doctor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You have your money. 
Contact is a really interesting character, a ultra-rich man near the end of his life. He shows up in a lot of interesting scenes, such as one where he floats inside a space station to prolong his life. Near the very end of the movie, as a question about him is brought up, we see his fellow space station friends put him in a body bag. An interesting thing about Contact, the signal and aliens are from Vega, a well-known star. When you mention the star, people from Vega would be called Vaguns. So in the movie, there are some great clips to be made, as it sounds like they are talking about vegans. Observe. I think I speak for us all when I thank you for your patience. Myself, I have one final question, Dr. Haraway. If you should meet these vegans, and were permitted only one question to ask of them, what would it be? Well, I suppose it would be, uh, how did you do it? <clears throat> how did you evolve? How did you survive this technological adolescence without uh, destroying yourself? And on the perimeter of each... Alignment symbols, uh, registration mark, but they don't line up. They do. If you think like a vegan. An alien intelligence has got to be more advanced. And that means efficiency functioning on multiple levels and in multiple dimensions. Yes, of course. Aren't they great? The last movie is American Beauty. I love this movie. It features Kevin Spacey as the main character. American Beauty came out in 1999. Reading from Wikipedia, Kevin Spacey plays Lester Burnham, a middle-aged office worker who has a midlife crisis after becoming infatuated with his teenage daughter's best friend. After watching a high school basketball game at which Jane, his daughter, is a cheerleader, Lester develops an infatuation with Jane's sexually precocious friend and classmate, Angela. His fantasies entail a sexually aggressive Angela among red rose petals. Lester is informed he is to be laid off, but blackmails his boss, quits his job, and takes up low-pressure employment at a fast food chain. He buys his dream car, starts lifting weights, and begins running to look good naked to impress Angela whom he overheard telling Jane that she would find him sexually attractive if he had muscle. He also takes up smoking cannabis, which he buys from Ricky. Lester continues to fantasize about Angela, and flirts with her whenever she visits Jane. The pair's friendship wanes, and Jane becomes romantically involved with Ricky. The lovers bond over Ricky's camcorder footage of what he considers the most beautiful imagery he has filmed, a plastic bag blowing in the wind. It's a very odd movie, but definitely one of my favourite movies of all time. Here's the trailer for American Beauty. Morning, Jim. Morning, Carolyn. I love your tie, that colour.
you think you're doing? We're having everyone write out a job description. That way management can assess who's valuable and who's expendable. My parents are trying to take an active interest in me. Why can't they just have their own lives? I'm so proud of you. You didn't screw up once. Oh my god. It's a psycho next door. Jane, what if he worships you? I didn't mean to scare you. I'm not obsessing. I'm just curious. Why does he dress like a Bible salesman? Today I quit my job. And then I blackmailed my boss for almost $60,000 past these barriers. Your dad's actually kind of cute. I think he and your mother have not slept together in a long time. Shut up! You think you're the only one who's frustrated? I'm not? Well then, come on, baby, I'm ready. Welcome to America's weirdest home videos. This is for your own good boy. There are rules in life. Yes, sir. Don't give up on me, Dad. Smile. You're at Mr. Smiley's. You are so busted. I love shooting this gun. Sometimes there's so much beauty in the world. I feel like I can't take it. Rule. If I had to leave tonight, would you come with me? Yes. Some other clips. The main character Lister explaining his job. My job consists of basically masking my contempt for the assholes in charge and at least once a day retiring to the men's room so I can jerk off while I fantasize about a life that doesn't so closely resemble hell. Well, you obviously have no interest in saving yourself. Brad... For 14 years, I've been a whore for the advertising industry. The only way I could save myself now is if I start firebombing. Whatever. Management wants you gone by the end of the day. Well, just what sort of severance package is management prepared to offer me, considering the information I have about our editorial director buying pussy with company money, which I think would interest the IRS since it technically constitutes fraud. And I'm sure that some of our advertisers and rival publications might like to know about it as well, not to mention... <laughs> Craig's wife. What do you want? One year's salary with benefits. That's not going to happen. Well, what do you say I throw in a little sexual harassment charge to boot? <laughs> Against who? Against you. Can you prove that you didn't offer to save my job if I let you blow me? You are one twisted fuck. Nope. I'm just an ordinary guy with nothing to lose. That job scene actually is reminding me of Fight Club. American Beauty is like Ferris Bueller meets Fight Club, but without the violence. It's emotional, but not a chick flick. Here's a clip of a tense dinner scene. I was just discussing his day at work. Why don't you tell our daughter about it, honey? Janie, today I quit my job. 
And then I told my boss to go fuck himself, and then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000 past the asparagus. Your father seems to think this kind of behavior is something to be proud of. And your mother seems to prefer that I go through life like a fucking prisoner while she keeps my dick in a mason jar under the sink. How dare you speak to me that way in front of her? And I marvel that you can be so contemptuous of me on the same day that you lose your job. Lose I didn't lose it. It's not like, whoops, where'd my job go? I quit. Someone passed the asparagus. Oh, 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 and I want to thank you for putting me under the added pressure of being the sole breadwinner now. I already have a job. No, no, don't give a second thought as to who's going to pay the mortgage. We'll just leave it all up to Carolyn. You mean you're going to take care of everything now, Carolyn? Yes, I don't mind. I really don't. You mean everything? You don't mind having the sole responsibility? Your husband feels like he can just quit his job and you don't... Will someone who's please pass me the okay, fucking guys, asparagus? I'm not going to be a part of this. Shut up! I am sick and tired of being treated like I don't exist. You two do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and I don't complain. All I want oh, is Oh, you the don't same... complain? Oh, please, excuse me. Excuse me. I must be psychotic then. If you don't complain, what is this? Yeah, let's, let's, let's bring in the laugh meter and see how loud it gets on that one. You don't complain. Don't interrupt me, honey. And another thing. From now on, we're going to alternate our dinner music because frankly, and I don't think I'm alone here, I'm really tired of this Lawrence Welk shit. And the most beautiful thing Ricky has ever filmed. A plastic bag. You want to see the most beautiful thing I've ever filmed? days where it's a minute away from snowing and there's this electricity in the air you can almost hear it right and this bag was just dancing with me Like a little kid begging me to play with it for 15 minutes. That's the day I realized that there was this entire life behind things. And this incredibly benevolent force that wanted me to know that there was no reason to be afraid. Video's a poor excuse, I know. But it helps me remember. I need to remember.
Sometimes there's so much beauty in the world. I feel like I can't take it. I highly recommend all three of these movies, Stand By Me, Contact, and American Beauty. Thank you for listening. My outro is the New Zealand Prime Minister, John Key, on The Letterman Show. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Jay Won't Dart's podcast at jwontdart.blogspot.com. If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. Have a super happy day. Bye. Here to present tonight's top ten list, please welcome New Zealand Prime Minister John Key, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this. For the last six years, New Zealand has been ranked as one of the five best destinations in the world by uh, Condé Nast Traveler magazine. See? That's amazing. Yeah. Five best destinations. That's what in the world. I'm saying. Something beautiful. How it's got to be good. It's, one, it's a wonderland. New Zealand is a wonderland, isn't it? Sure is, Dave. Yes, it's, it's, and you're known as Kiwis. Do you like being known as Kiwis or not being known as Kiwis? No, we like being known as yeah. Kiwis. And you're, you're near uh, Tasmania, is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, in sort of Australia. Yeah. That's uh, the other bit of... Uh, right, and what body of water are you in? Is it the uh, Pac- Pacific. Pacific Ocean? In the Pacific Ocean. And it is a wonderland, isn't it? Uh, it sure is, yeah. 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 It sure is. It's a lot but, of fun. but how many years ago did you get on the plane to come here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've aged a lot, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a long flight. Though, it, isn't is, it? Yeah. it is, it is. But well worth it, isn't it? Once you get here, it's fantastic. Yeah. Once and you I, get down I, there, it'll be even better. I, I think because of that flight, it works to your advantage because it keeps dopes, keeps <laughs> dopes out of out of New Zealand. <laughs> you, you have to you have to really know, and you really want to get there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like flying to Schenectady or something. No. <laughs> this you really got to make a commitment yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, why is he out here, Paul? Uh, well, he's huh? doing the top ten. Oh, he's reading right. the top. Okay. What is the topic? Um, pardon me. Have you uh, given Prime the Minister. topic yes. yet? Uh, the uh, category, top ten reasons you should visit New Zealand. Oh, well, that makes sense. All right, okay. here we go. Okay. Number ten. The Auckland Airport now has a Cinnabon. <laughs> Cinnabon. Well, there's a reason. Number nine. We have the loosest slot machines in the Pacific Rim. How about that? Uh, number eight. Only a convenient 20-hour flight away. <laughs> do, you, do you get mail down there? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> 
by pigeon. <laughs> Number seven. It's like England without the attitude. Number six. You like this, Dave? Down there, Leno's on at nine o'clock. What? <laughs> what? Leno's on. Wait a minute. Leno's on at nine o'clock. Number five. Get the fun o together, stay in a batch, crack open the chili bin, and slap on your jandals. <laughs> <laughs> That's that New Zealand. That's Zealand speak. Uh, number four. Visit in the next 30 days. I'll pick you up at the airport. Wow, that's darn nice. That's darn nice. Number three. 70% of our energy is generated through renewable hydropower. Look, they don't all have to be jokes. How about that? Good for you. Good for you, Prime Minister. Number two. We drive on the left side of the road, like the British and Lindsay Lohan. And the number one reason you should visit New, New Zealand. Unlike most of the world, we still like Americans. There you go. Prime Minister, great pleasure to meet you. Thank you for being here. Great job. Thank you very much.